Hey guys, welcome to our Disney market mini series here at the short term show. Make sure you like and subscribe. We're doing a 10 episode deep dive on not only this market, but all of our markets. So definitely check those out, like and subscribe to those the short term show short term rental management show. We got a lot of shows out there for you guys that hopefully uh, you guys are finding helpful. So uh, a couple things that I want to hit before we go into it is if you are looking for current purchase prices or current income numbers, we have those on our website at the shorttermshop.com. So be sure to check that out. Also, if you're looking to just hang out, learn some things from some other short-term rental investors, we've got you. You can join our Facebook group with us and 60,000 of our closest investor friends where we just hang out and talk about short-term rental investing all day. Same title as my book, Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. Also like and subscribe on YouTube to the Short-Term Shop channel. Also like us on Instagram at the Short-Term Shop. If you guys have any questions, if you're ready to maybe buy a property in one of our 20 markets and learn how to manage it from us for free, you can hit us at agents at the shorttermshop.com or literally any of the other avenues that I gave you right before that. So let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is party time, showtime, short-term rental uh, short-term shop special episodes. This is Orlando, and we are going to talk about how to set up a house today, which is uh, a lot of fun uh, and very stressful. Um, and uh, first thing I want to talk about is going there versus not going there. All three of you have been through this. Uh, well, let me introduce the guys and the girls real quick. We got Holly. She's an agent with the shop. She has properties in a couple of markets. Uh, Wade, is an agent with the shop. He's got properties in a couple of markets. And Drew, uh, who's a rock star uh, client of ours, uh, also in the mortgage industry and just a big guy in the short-term rental space in general, a big guy. I don't know where I came up with that, but uh, uh, and uh, he's got <laughs> properties in, of course, Orlando and a few other markets uh, nationwide as well. So rock stars, uh, as uh, we all know that rock stars know rock stars. And uh, I, I want to ask you guys, uh, Holly, uh, what what is the difference? Walk me through a couple of uh, pros and cons of both going to the property to set it up or maybe even not going to the property to set it up after we've closed. Oh, wow. Uh, pros and cons. I For me personally, a pro of not being there is it gets done better and faster, kind of, because <laughs> I'm hiring <laughs> professionals to get it done. When it's me, I'm like, I've got this. I'm going to do it like my one here. Uh, everybody can attest. It just took way longer than it needed to because I wanted to do it myself and life happens and you're getting pulled different directions. So having uh, good professionals on the ground, that that's their job to get it done for you. And they do it very well. But there are people that are much more talented than myself that they fly into town and they get the work done themselves in a week or two and knock it out. And it looks amazing. So it depends on your area of, of expertise and your lifestyle and what works for you. But being closer for me is more of a negative because, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think there's uh, pros and cons uh, and, and no right or wrong answer there. I do personally recommend uh, for myself anyway to get to the property. I, I prefer to touch it and feel it. Um, and, uh, it makes me, when I walk away, it makes me feel better knowing that I'm delivering a good product having mm -hmm. laid eyes on it and, uh, been part of the, the process doesn't mean you can't hire people to help you while you are there. But again, sometimes you can't, sometimes you can't be there, you know? So, uh, if that's the case, the downside of that for me has always been the fact that at some point there's going to be questions that I don't have to answer. 
Um, because like, uh, you know, you get three months into it, um, having a property that you've never seen, um, or maybe you saw it at an inspection. We do, again, we want to encourage you to go as much as possible. But, uh, you know, I have done that before where I purchased a property I never laid eyes on and was set it up and got it rented, having never seen it. And the biggest downside of that for me, having a lot of experience and done this many, many times with other properties, uh, was that, uh, guests were starting to ask me stuff that I couldn't. I couldn't answer. And so then you got to kind of play dumb, you know, because you can't just straight up say, well, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know right, how that right. kitchen sink works. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And, and then they're going to be like, what do you mean you don't know? But it, really, that's not that weird. Think about it. You know, you're talking something like 90% of all uh, vacation homes, probably more like 95% worldwide that are managed by third-party property management, you know, a real, a real property management company that has, a, a, you know, maybe a hundred, maybe a thousand properties. Very good chance those people have never seen several of their properties as well. So um, if they can do it, you certainly can with a home you own. So uh, anybody have anything to add there, Wade or or, or Drew? I just like walking my homes personally. That's me. I, I like walking them. If I can't, I always try and at least get a video. But I do realize that having a professional come in to do any design work or anything like that, um, when I'm not there is okay, but I like my initial walkthrough. It's just a me thing. I like seeing homes. So, <laughs> And I can just piggyback off of what Wade said. You know, I think a, like for me, I've spent some time theming some of the rooms and the property that I have in Kissimmee, Florida that Wade helped me with. And those themers, um, contractors will send me videos, but and I trust them, but I want to verify. And so I was able to, you know, Wade was basically able to extend the olive branch to me where I'm like, hey, man, would you mind just doing kind of a final walkthrough? I'm I'm holding back this last draw payment for the contractor. And I just want to make sure it kind of it passes your witness test here. And Wade went and did a final walk. And sure enough, there's a few action items that were, um, you know, for instance, it's a 4,000 square foot home and one of the bathrooms didn't have any of the new baseboard down. So that's an issue. And I didn't see that on the, the contractor video. And because, you know, I live in Arizona, that home that I'm speaking about is in Florida. I was able to utilize my A players on my team, Wade and the contractor to do it all while not living in the market. So um, it's, that's one of the reasons I love, you know, if you if you don't live in the market, it forces you to have a players on your team, and that's an important important piece of that. If you find somebody like Wade, just make sure you really utilize and thank him for being a strong pillar. Yeah, I see it as a benefit actually, because when you are right next door, you you uh, almost kind of use your again, if, especially if you're new, you can use yourself as a crutch, and you're going over to the yeah. house and like check on things. But at the end of the day. Uh, that's not going to be really that great for your career because at least for the, f I know for the four people on this call, we're, we're always looking for what is next. And right. uh, if you're worried about what's next, how do I get to my next house? How do I get to my next house? You can't be sitting around playing around doing all the stupid little stuff on the house that you already own. Uh, and so anyway, you can get in your, you can get in your own way. Um, and so that's where we're, a lot of times we're forced to buy vacation homes at a distance because who wants to go on vacation on vacation in the town they live in anyway? <laughs> Um, and, and in a lot of ways it's, uh, it can be helpful, but I get it. If you're new and you're scared, oh my goodness, I can't, uh, I can't even see this house. It's, it, it can be overwhelming, but, um, in the long run, I think you're, you're kind of yes. better off just letting the, the, the professionals, 
do their gig. Uh, one more thing I want to note as we, we continue with this uh, podcast on setting up a, a vacation home. Um, most of the stuff on today's podcast, I think, is going to translate to basically any market uh, in the world. But um, if you guys could do your best to try and think of some little differences, nuances that may take place uh, in the Orlando market as we now move on to a topic that would definitely translate to anywhere in the world, including the home you live in, which is deadbolts. Um, my first qu- my first comment on that is all you should be prepared to always put a new deadbolt on a house. I can't tell you how often we get somebody that's new that says, oh my goodness, um, I can't get the code for the deadbolt from the seller. Or a lot of times the seller doesn't even know the code, you know? And so uh, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, why Why do you even care? Swap the deadbolt. I mean, same thing with long terms. You know, every time I buy a long term, my my guys have a truckload of deadbolts, you know, and, and they just know that as soon as they go to the house, two things I want. I want my front door painted. Long time ago, I was driving around a neighborhood where I own a bunch of long terms and I could I couldn't remember which ones were mine. This is a fantastic problem to have here, guys. And so I told my guys, I said, I want those front doors painted all the same color. I'm not going to tell you what color because then I don't want other people ripping this idea off. But you can rip off the idea, just not my color. Um, and so now when I'm driving around these neighborhoods, I know which one. Oh, that's mine. That's my my front door. So they know, paint the damn door, swap the deadbolt. It's a Luke, it's Luke's house, so the, the door gets this color and we get a new deadbolt in there. It's just part of the gig, you know? So I give you the, the door tip. You know, Carl, I heard, I heard that if you paint a door red on the front door of a home, that means the home is free and clear and paid off, so. Oh, I never I don't want to throw your color out there. I don't know what it is, but that's what I've heard. I don't know if that's And from a guest point, that's one of the first things they see. They're there whatever time of day they're coming up and they're the doors right in their faces as they're going to the lock. So you don't want a scratched up front door you mm-hmm. want. I agree. We are way, way stuff, in yeah. the weeds now. Here's one where I'm guilty of. I'll swap the deadbolt and the old the new deadbolt is a different shape than the old deadbolt. And now yes. you're like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta paint the door and then you let it sit there for four months or whatever. Um, so paint your doors, man. It's again, the very first thing that they touch. So let's talk, uh, uh, way deadbolts. Yeah. So um, I, I have a big thing with just changing the lock the day of closing. Cause I've had it happen twice now. Um, where if there's a property manager on the previous transaction, you can't always trust the property manager to know what's going on in the transaction because um, sometimes sellers just won't tell them. Um, it's happened here where we've had guests from the previous property manager show up to a home and they just, you know, they're trying to get access to the property, but the codes have changed or we changed the door locks right after closing because the property manager wasn't aware that these uh, people were still coming into town or the bookings were canceled pr- appropriately. Um, and so it keeps your home secure as well because you don't know who has those codes. You don't know what's going on with that. I always make an effort to try and get someone in there the day of closing, if not maybe the next morning for any deadbolt changes, just so that you know that you're the person who has access to that. That property. One more note on that. Be nice to the property manager. If for whatever reason there is a tendency there to kind of be like, hey, screw you. I don't need you anymore. Uh, and they don't like that, you know. So I if anything, just tell them you're moving into it. And so that then they have no reason to care or say anything, right? So uh, but but in general, it is always uh, I learned this from from boss from Avery. Uh always be as nice as possible to everybody. Sorry, sorry, Holly. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I, I was in there for my bad. Um, a lot of um, new buyers are 
like that we don't usually get keys either. There's no keys. It's yep, just combo locks. That's the same entry. There's no keys to backdoors anything because guests wouldn't have that. Owners usually don't have it. So just be prepared that you know have your handyman ready with that lock to change it at close, and that you're not going to get any keys, garage door openers, anything like that. Yeah, and there's there's several brands out there to choose from. We're, we don't need to get into that right now. We we do talk about that in Management Monday. If you end up uh, using the short term shop to buy a home. Uh, you'll come to a class with me and, and we'll, we'll learn all about that uh, dorky stuff like deadbolts, but uh, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, that being said, uh, good idea to have a backup plan with your deadbolt. There's different deadbolts are going to need different backup plans, but kind of a general rule of thumb is just a, a good old fashioned lockbox, like a real estate agent lockbox on the side of the house with a key just in case that battery does die. Uh, Drew, anything to add there? Uh, yeah, just more some commentary. I don't, I've, I've seen multiple houses in the neighborhood that I own in Windsor at Westside that have multiple realtor lock boxes. Is there a reason for that? They get lost in time. Lazy codes get lots. Yeah. They, <laughs> they don't, because they screw into the wall. You know, that's like a into block cement wall. You have to come by with a sledgehammer to knock them off if you don't have the code. Um, so we've had a few times where we've had to take out a grinder to cut these things off the wall to make sure that they can get removed appropriately. Or on my house, I had two on my house. Actually, no, I had three on my house. Um, I had my handyman. We didn't have a grinder at the time. So he came by, knocked him off with a sledgehammer and then did stucco patch on my walls. So <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Know. I had one time I bought a house. It was a fresh paint job. And I was like, well, and I did have the code to the old lockbox. And I said, well, if I take that lockbox off, I'm going to have to touch it up and it's never going to look right. So I said, you know what? Maybe it's better to just leave it there. And That's what a lot of, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people just leave them because it's, it's not doing anything just sitting there. But sometimes like if you have a new cleaner, they're like, all right, which of these three lockboxes do I go to? So <laughs> yeah, you bring up an excellent point. Here's a good trick. Don't put your lockbox with the key where the guests can see it, if at all possible. Uh, I, us I usually like to, if there's like a, little overhang on the porch with six by six or four by fours behind, you know, when you're standing at the front door, I'll put one right there because, you know, in general, you gotta, you gotta understand, you know, folks that are not, that are outside of their element are just really not that smart. Um, and, and a lot of times they'll try and put the code in the lockbox and then they'll message you at midnight and it's always midnight on a Saturday and they'll say, Oh, uh, your code doesn't work, you know? Um, and cause that's when you get yourself management wise, that's where you get yourself in trouble is when, when your guest is rolling in and they feel like they know more about your house than you do. And, uh, and then, yeah, then all hell breaks. Yeah, they don't want to be frustrated. I mean, they're trying to get in and if that's frustrating, it sets the tone. So yeah, hide the lock yeah. so that it doesn't add any unnecessary confusion. They've been driving all day. The kids have been screaming tired, at them yeah, all day. Real. They're tired. They just want to get in there and, you know, go get some sleep and then they can't figure it out, you know, so make it as easy is possible. Uh, let's talk about linens. Uh, Wade, uh, listen, everybody's got a system. Just a little, a couple minutes on your, your linen system. If you have one, again, this would be uh, for any market, quite frankly, we'll start with Wade. So there's two ways you can go with it here. You can either just use your cleaner. A lot of cleaners just say, Hey, I have a designated list. These are all my linens, go buy them and, or we'll provide them and we'll just charge you kind of stuff. Um, it really depends on your cleaner. Um, I personally use a special type of Indian fabric that I pay a premium for because people love it. I get multiple compliments on it. So I like that kind of stuff. And my cleaner just says, Hey, I need more queen sheets or something like that every once in a while. 
I think I've had to buy linens twice in a year, so I don't have a major issue with it. Um, but my cleaner just keeps me aware and apprised of any needs inside the home for linens, pillow sheets, things like that. Um, big thing for me is always uh, covers for the beds. Um, whether or not you need to replace those or not for like bed bugs or waterproof covers. Um, to me, that's actually a bigger issue than just having a cleaner buy linens and things like that. Um, that's pretty easy to handle. Uh, Drew, do you have a, a linen system that you can uh, shed some light on? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in, in the Kissimmee market where that's the different system than what I typically use. So the one there, I let the cleaner kind of just handle it all. I feel like she's my best cleaner and my biggest a player as far as cleaners in certain markets that i'm in so i just let her do it and that's less time i got to spend in the business um another way that i do it is it kind of depends i just let my cleaner at the other properties in indiana and arizona let me know if there's been damage and then we just have a, a slack or like a whatsapp chat and then we decide if that's going to be excessive. If somebody laid in the bed and they're covered in sunscreen and it looks really, really bad. And, you know, it's like nobody took their time. Sometimes we'll decide the, the charge the client for it, but usually we don't. And then they just let us know. And then my virtual assistant, um, you know, we use relay banking. They just go and order it from Amazon or wherever that last set came from. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. High tech. I'm doing a lot of the same stuff. Holly, any uh, insight there? Uh, Holly, are you a white linen or a not white linen? Oh, person? yeah. Back and forth. Yeah. Uh, it kind of just depends on the properties, too. Whites can be bleached, um, but they show more dirt. It it just depends. Also, on cleaners or theming of the room, sometimes if you, you know, it kind of it kind of depends on, e on each property. But as for how many you would get, always get more than you think you need. You want to have not only what goes on the property um, at at um, a booking, but a backup set. And then I also prefer another backup set in case anything happens while the guests are there kind of tucked away, not hit, you know, like in a drawer or something so that if their kid has an accident or they want to change the sheets or something that they have access to a set besides the ones that your cleaners would use for a next turn. We have a lot of extended stays here for like two or three weeks as well. And they will often like, yeah, they'll do laundry or that kind of stuff. They'll need an extra pair just to put on the home. Same with Absolutely. same with towels and stuff too. So yeah, it's not just you got one king, so two sheets, two king sheets. No, you want like four for every bed. In my yep. opinion, yeah. Let's talk uh, thermostats, cameras. Again, probably going to be fairly similar to most markets. Um, uh, Drew, what kind of thermostats are you using? I'm using the EcoBees, and the only uh, reason I did that is because I liked how the app and also the thermostat. Like if you're actually looking at it, reminded me of an iPhone. So that means talk to me with crowns and that's how I like it because I feel like that's the easiest way to explain something to somebody else being a, a guest or a, you know, a contractor that may come in. And then um, I don't know if this is the right way to do it, but I just set it to a certain amount so they can't freeze the coils on the air conditioner and put it at 61 whenever it's 110 outside. Um, and I keep it kind of normal as far as the heat goes. If it's 40 degrees, they can't put it at 85. So um, you know, I, I keep parameters on it, but if somebody is complaining and they want a little bit lower, then we just, you know, we basically just give them the code and try to do what's right by the client. But sometimes kids will play with things and I don't want that to cause any maintenance issues that would be, um, otherwise not an issue. So, yeah, yeah. Same system for me, although I am a Honeywell guy. Um, uh, any, uh, any further comments there on, uh, 
Uh, wait a minute, hold on, Drew. Do you ever wait? Wait, this. Wait with that. Drew, do the guests oh, ever yeah. ask you about the ego beat, or the, it's pretty simple for them to figure out? Yeah, they don't really ask. So the only time they ask me is like, "Hey, Drew, like the lowest we can set the air conditioner. We're just coming off summer, so like ninety degrees and a humid southern Indiana town." And they're like, "Hey, it's ninety degrees. Like it's feeling a little stuffy in here. Can we lower it lower than 68? And then like I just have a scripted message that I got from my HVAC technician that says, "Hey, whenever." You know, we we lower the temperature more than I think it was 28 degrees um, difference from what the exterior temperature is. It can be very hard on the coils and it could cause the HVAC to, to fail. So I just have that as like a saved reply. I send that to them. I'm just like, yes, absolutely. But please be mindful. I just don't want the air conditioner to fail while while you're staying. But this is this comes from a, an expert in the field. And I just want to make sure that, um, that you're aware of that. But absolutely, go ahead and lower it to... 48 degrees or whatever it is you want to lower it to. So you're an excellent property manager. Uh, Wade, something to add there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm weird when it comes to thermostats. Um, I, <laughs> I pay for like a monthly service <laughs> bill um, kind of thing. So ALS um, alarm.com. If anyone's familiar with that, I have their equipment, which is the basic, you know, up arrow, down arrow, that's it. Um, and they can set it to whatever they want. But my thermostat on my end, I can control it remotely. Mine also connects to my AC unit. So if doors are left open for longer than five minutes, yeah. my AC shuts down, meaning it won't just continue blowing cold air. When I have, I, I have a sliding back patio door that opens up in my living room and I have people just open that door for like an hour or two while their kids are playing and they're seeing them in the pool. So it saves me on electric bill. Um, and then it also on the same, the same monthly payment that I pay, it also, it's a wireless uh, pool control so it's actually got cellular so if i ever lose my wi-fi which holly knows windsor hills and blue stream our wi-fi drops once every month um if not more my pool isn't getting affected or my ac isn't getting affected from loss of wi-fi so um i i actually pay for a service that's just me it's 40 bucks a month um and they come in uh, i had to pay for some of the equipment to be installed um which wasn't always cheap um but it's what's worked for me and I've liked it so far. You're in it for the long run. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, the contact on the door for the alarm system also shuts off the HVAC. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So not it shuts it off and then and or I have parameters that I set it through. And then the same thing as Drew. It's like they can't turn it down below 68. Actually, I have mine set to 69. Um, and then if the doors are open too long, it'll shut down the AC unit. Um yeah. And then the pool control is a big one. Pool control really is actually the main reason I have it. So I can control it remotely because it'll actually tell me if my pool my pool heater is getting too hot and my pool heater is about to uh, seize up. So it, it not only read, um, it, it not only uh, monitors the AC unit, it also monitors the pool and the pool equipment. So it's pretty advanced. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, cameras, um, again, have them. Don't look at them. That's my recommendation. I'm a ring guy. Uh, there's a million brands out there. Anybody have anything to add to uh, cameras? Don't look at them. Absolutely, I agree with that 100. That's just gonna. If you want to sleep good, just don't look at your cameras. <laughs> yeah, if you're a good property manager and your systems are set up, you don't need you don't need to be looking at them. But uh, I don't have them pointed at. Uh, make sure you know the Airbnb and Verbo and Booking.com, uh, you know rules exactly. uh, and local laws as well. Uh, but uh, for just a good rule of thumb, don't have it pointed at any sort of living area. But again, not offering legal advice here. 
uh, at the shop. Get cameras. You, you just bought a million dollar house. It's probably a good idea to buy a $250 camera. But uh, yeah, don't be creepy. Uh, is, that, is that about cover it? Uh, Ring. Yeah. What, let's get some brands. Ring, Arlo. Uh, matter of fact, Roku just came out with cameras. Google. Google. Yeah. You know, to add to that too, I've seen in, I think my neighbor has a, a camera on not only the front door, but the back door and also the pool equipment in Windsor. And I didn't know if that is recommended practice. I just seen some other people have it. I don't know what, what your guys' take is on that. I, I think I'd mine. be I think I'd be cool with the pool equipment. I don't think I'd be cool with the backyard. I, I would definitely check like the back door. I'm sorry. Yeah, like just you know how the Lanai's exit, Wade, where it's kind of just yep, yep. Yeah. going down the the uh, hallway there, kind of mm-hmm. area. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that 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 would be an Orlando thing type thing because yeah, I had that situation the other day actually. That's a good point because uh, the guest said that somebody had had cigarette butts on my back by the pool. You know, and everybody has access for the screen door to your pool. I had just been there. I know there weren't any cigarette butts. So I'm thinking that someone, a worker, somebody came and came in through the screen, sat there, had their cigarette break and then left. So I was a camera would be. But you don't want your guests to have think that they're being watched. You could probably, you know, a corner of that picture might pick up the pool and then people could. Yeah, I, yeah, because yeah, here our properties aren't just on the street. People can walk behind them, beside mm-hmm. them. There's grassy areas. They're in HOAs. You know, it's a little bit different here. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's talk amenities. And well, I, I mean, amenities, you can use that word for just about anything. But let's talk about like a kitchen supplies, coffee, spices, all that stuff. Are Orlando there blenders. <laughs> blenders. Mm-hmm. Are, are there things- the pool. You got to have Oh, it. yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. Uh, so we got to have a margarita maker, basically, is what you're saying. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, okay. I like margaritas so. here. They sell margarita mix. Like when you walk in the Walmart right bar by Holly and I own in the same neighborhood. So at the Walmart right up front, they have margarita box sets right there as you walk in. So I mean, what is it, uh, Luke? You said like 80% of people are drunk on vacation or yes. something? Yes. It's 80, <laughs> yeah. it's 86, actually. Yeah. Is that a yeah. real stat? It was a Gallup poll, yes. Uh, <laughs> but yes, just have a blender in the Orlando. You have a pool. If you have a pool, you need to have a blender so that also they can... coffee. Coffee's big here. I have a, a fancy coffee espresso maker that's also got like the little Keurig pots. I provide probably ten per guest or something like that. It cost me like twenty bucks a month. Um, super cheap to do. Super super worth it. It really is. One thing. For amenities for me, I'm like, okay, what amenity can I add that's not going to add a ton of property management work, precautionary? Do I have to make like a three-page list of how to take care of this that still adds like that nice little touch? Like Wade mentioned adding like really nice sheets. That's an amenity. And it doesn't really take anything besides replacing it occasionally. So I wanted to do an amenity that we didn't speak about, but I didn't think it would take a lot more work. And it's to add a a little waffle bar. Oh, yeah. I have a client of mine does that. They self-serve. They love it. Everyone loves it. And then we get all the supplies there with like cool little glass jars. It's like, here's here's the kids uh, chocolate chips. Here's the oil. Here's the mix. And we keep all that stuff like behind lock and key later. So the kids don't just dump all the chocolate inside the waffle maker. (laughs) But it seems to be a good touch. I mean, just like I the- stayed at a, <clears throat> I stayed at a trailer on a river in Arkansas years ago. Not to one up your uh, waffle story, man. Sorry, uh, but okay. which I don't, I don't think I'm going to. Uh, but uh, <laughs> all the re- she didn't say anything. It was a verbo. She didn't say anything in her listing. Uh, but all the reviews kept saying waffles, waffles, waffles. 
And we're like, what? I mean, you know. And so we get there, and there was a sign on the refrigerator that said, your waffles will be here, you know, at whatever time. And and sure enough, this lady shows up with a, a like a, I don't know, like a pitcher full of waffle batter. So her thing was not the waffle station, but it was the actual waffle batter. She was like famous for it. And, uh, and it, again, this was a dumpy little trailer with crooked floors and we were freaking creeped out. I was like, we're not eating this. There's no way I'm eating this. Of course, you know, several bottles of liquor later and the next morning rolls around. <laughs> waffles like, are good. dude, I'll eat anything right now, you know? <laughs> so we did. And the uh, man, those are the best damn waffles I ever had. That's not something I'm going to do. I'm not going to provide right. or show up and bring waffle batter. But uh, what, what Drew's talking about is, is super cool, you know, make it part of your day. And it, again, back to the hotel thing. Uh, not that we were on it to begin with, but, <laughs> you know, if you're uh, 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 La Quinta in a bad neighborhood or something like that, not that they're, they're very nice La Quintas out there, a uh, two-star hotel or you're the Ritz, you know, there's a huge difference. So decide which type of rental you're going to have. And Drew, he's a Ritz, right? He's offering a really kick-ass place and he's probably getting a premium for it. Now, you could charge less and not have all that stuff too. So just keep in mind, there is a spectrum there as well. One amenity that is overlooked here a lot is kids amenities for specifically yeah. kids. Mm -hmm. um, so stroller, high chair, um, kids, toys, puzzles, games, that kind of stuff. Um, some of my highest performing homes aren't even like we'll have theming and stuff inside that. If everyone here is familiar with theming, um, but the big thing that you just go into their comments, they'll say, Oh, we loved using the jogger stroller. We love this. We love that. Our kids played with the games all weekend, that kind of stuff. I really recommend having that in our market because we are a kid focused market. Um, have a stroller, have a high chair, those kind of things inside your home. That's huge. Would you say a pack and play is a must? Yes, absolutely. If you're in a larger home, maybe even two, but you need at least one. I have one. And I actually, in my pack and play, I also have um, extra bedding for mine. So it's like a, um, most pack and plays just have, you know, that like foam bottom kind of stuff or just no bottom at all, where it's just a cloth that you set them on. Um, I have like a, a, a wrapped, um, it's like a, water protective and um bed bug protective um thing that you just put over the bed for the kids pack and play and i put that inside my pack and plays if they request it i'll even set it up for them for my cleaner they'll set it up for them put the foam bottom in and then make it like a, a little kids area inside the pack and play it's a it's families love it they they go they rave about it here it's absolutely insane i gotta imagine most people are probably bringing kids in this market so that's something you get a you know, uh, you got to understand, uh, that they're, they're have a nice washer and dryer because there's those kids. I have kids. They're, they're filthy. You know, they're always right. making a mess. I, I, I always joke. My kids are, my kids started a band called the spillers because everything's <laughs> you know, just always spilling stuff. Right. So a nice washer, you don't want to have some rusty old piece of junk, uh, that kind of thing. Um, what else, what else do we need? I had one the other day. Here's a funny little tidbit on this subject. Uh, I got a review and luckily it was, it was actually a five-star, but she kind of hammered me a little in the, in the words, you know? And she said, well, this house doesn't have a crib. It only has a can play. It doesn't have a crib. I'm thinking to myself, like, what's the difference? You're on vacation. Size. You a real crib yeah. in the, in the, cause then, then the, but I can't rent that room to adults if it's filled right. with cribs. You know That's what right. I mean? So yeah, we have um, in the closet. 
we have a rental companies here to where if you need yeah. a crib or something like that, they'll come by, set it up for you, for your guest, and then come by and pick it up when they leave. Um, so if you ever need a full-size crib, I've never had that request, but I've had some people say like, oh, I need a 55-inch crib or something huge because their baby is like two and a half feet tall. Um, so I've never had that issue, but I have heard some people prefer cribs to pack and place. Which you can automate that, by the way. Find yourself a good um, a baby rental place or two mm-hmm. and then put it in a guidebook, right? So it used yes. to be back in the day, we would use the uh, the, the printed binder style guidebooks and now there's all sorts of options we can use for digital several different brands of guidebooks out there that you can just shoot a uh, a link to your guests and say here check out our guidebook it's everything you want to know about the house is everybody going to read it no but the people that you know want to know all that stuff if you don't give them that they're end up not all that happy because there's certain people that want to know exactly what they're getting themselves into and so if you have a guidebook, it kind of can relieve some of that anxiety. Um, uh, anybody have any guidebook comments? Yeah, I have an interactive guidebook, actually. So my my home is called Ollie's Bungalow, and it's owned by Ollie the Otter. And so there's a character who owns my home. And Ollie, he sets um, his guide for the home is, oh, don't put the AC too cold. Otherwise, as an otter, I'll get too cold. And I oh. it, so that kind of thing. Um, Ollie knows, uh, his mom knows to wash... So like a certain amount of stuff, like don't overdo the washer. Ollie knows not to swim without his parents kind of stuff. It's Ollie's home. So um, that's my guidebook. And I have like little signs and stuff all over the place. And the parents love it kind of stuff. So that's it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. Was it a lot of work? Seems a little exhausting. No, it, it was a, it was a lot of like, I had to go on Canva and made it myself um, kind of stuff, but it was also fun. Cause I got to pitch the ideas to other parents and things like that. And you're like, Oh, this is adorable. This is cute. Mm-hmm. And so people have, again, they've raved about it. They text me about it. Um, I've had a couple people ask me if they have um, like otter uh, stuffed animals. I, I don't know where it came from, but some one person specifically said they wanted Ollie stuffed animal um, and he was going to be provided with the home. I don't know where that came from, but I said, oh, no, unfortunately, it's just signage. But they thought they would be getting a free stuffed animal. So <laughs> there are yeah. hotels that there are places that do that. That's why we've got. Yeah, that's probably where they got the idea. But um, that's my interactive guidebook. And I, I think guidebooks are just one of those things. It's just like any kind of process that you create. If you do all the work up front, which probably is, I'd like to ask you guys, maybe a couple hours at most, you can build a pretty good guidebook and then all mm-hmm. the work's done. And so you're going to get questions go, oh, that's in the guidebook. Or if somebody's helping you out on your team, you know, a wife, a husband, whatever, they're just going to know, send that link in order to save you so much time without having to message back and forth how to turn down the AC or you know, work with, you know, yeah. work on the pool heat or something like that. When so. you create a guidebook, it also creates systems as well. So it's, it's like pre answering those questions. So you don't have those issues and you can take the things from your guidebook and put it in your text or your communication to like guest check-in, that kind of stuff. Um, all that's in my guidebook as well, but it's also texted to them. And so it gives you a kind of formula that you can follow for making it easier for the guest on any communication as well. How yeah, long would, back you, to like what would you say said. most people spend on creating a guidebook? Oh, Holly, what do you use? Yeah, I've seen like I can tell you like Friday because I'm going to do my, another one this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah so. <laughs> I, I think I'll, I'll say my first few were uh, pretty long. Consuming. 
Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't enjoy the experience to be honest. But so my, my advice there would be don't, um, get frustrated. I'm talking to myself right now. Um, and when, cause the, there's a, the biggest problem with the guidebook for me was the fact that there's going to be discrepancies in the, in the the type of people that read guidebooks are the type of people that will find that discrepancy. And then they will crap all over you. Well, your guidebook <laughs> said this. Um, and so don't let that be a reason to give up on it. Let that be a reason to perfect, um, you know, uh, so reviews are, uh, bad reviews are the best way to improve in any business. Uh, but it doesn't have to be perfect to, to start, like just start, just do it. Need to be perfect. And then, and then you can always critique it, you know, always, always make adjustments, but it's just, it's just getting started. And I wanted to say that goes back to your point that you made at the beginning that, um, know your house a little bit. So yeah, you've purchased this, come stay in it. You need to sleep in your house, I think for a night or two to hear those sounds and stuff so that you can answer questions for your guests and make a, and then make a guidebook. So it doesn't have to be the first day of ownership. It doesn't have to be the first month, but sometime stay in your place. So when people are like, what's this noise, you know, you, you know, that answer, or you have that information to put in your guidebook of, of, of like how to work the TV. On a faming, that is a huge in Orlando. Actually, Drew, you live in, Arizona. I want to ask you uh, in your, uh, I know you're in Orlando than than Arizona. Those are the only two markets where of back in the day that were doing the theming thing. Matter of fact, I first saw these these theme people uh, in a in the in the big Arizona Facebook group, the Arizona uh, Short Term Rental Facebook group, which is uh, I think it's statewide. It's got like twenty five thousand people, and it was, they were like all over in there. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Um, and of course, in Orlando, it's it's huge. I just, I think the theming that you see that I think the big theming that I saw first personally was in Orlando, mm -hmm. like the big, big, like custom beds, like you are in like a playroom. Um, and then that's just my opinion. I saw more wallpaper, really nice beds, kind of like a Tuscan look in Arizona that mm -hmm. then saw what I think the Orlando market was doing and then kind of grew into that. But I think as far as the big theming projects, I think it was Orlando first. Yeah, so I agree. Don't, don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy do we need to get? Let's say I'm brand new. I'm scared to death. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Um, uh, Wade, uh, you know, let's say I'm on a regular person with a regular job and I don't have maybe a too, too crazy of a, a budget. Can I do this as time goes by? Is there a benefit to doing it all up front? What do you what do you have for me there? So for me, I didn't go crazy on my home. And I'm willing to bet I'm probably one of the highest performing properties in our neighborhood. Um, my biggest thing is you really should have some, some kid-themed area of your property. So mine is just my kid's room. I made it super special. I've got murals and artwork. And it cost me a, a few thousand bucks. So it wasn't cheap, but it also wasn't crazy expensive, you know? Um, so in my opinion, there's not a ceiling there or a cap as to how much you can do. Cause you can, I I've seen flight simulators inside homes. I've, I've had that kind of weird $40,000 individual bedroom before. And I've, I've seen, um, mm -hmm. laser tag rooms inside some homes. And so those are some big properties and they perform really well. Um, Shoot, the home with the laser tag room, I think, is doing 400K a year, you know? So there's some big homes with some big themes here. 
but I did not practice the the crazy interior. I just did mine in my kids' room. The biggest thing that I'm seeing really works is uh, kids' room, kids' amenities. And then in the parents' room, you're a minimalistic, boho, super um, nice interior, just having mm. a nice home. So that that's what I found works best for me. Holly, are you seeing the same thing? Oh, I want to hear about uh, Drew's. Oh, Drew, <laughs> yeah, Drew, what did you, do, what did you personally do as far as theming? Um, so whenever I got started into it, I just kept a budget, you know. Um, and a lot of a lot of investors will talk about cash on cash return. So I just tried to find the properties. I'm like, okay, who can I who can I copycat, so to speak? And okay, now build a budget around that. Now put that in my spreadsheet to make it talk to me in crowns. And so basically what Wade was saying, I was like, I'm going to spend a couple thousand bucks more than that. You know, I think I spent about 10,000 per room to have the custom beds, to have the interesting lights, to have the ceiling painted, to have the floors done, to really create an experience with the glow in the dark paint, the disappearing paint to like, because my, my intention of that is like, let's show the parents that we really care about the kids, really, really care about the kids by putting that effort in there. And that's, what's worked out really well for me. And then, so I've since added a couple other amenities on top of that, that care about the adults. Like, you know, the adults probably enjoy cooking. So they're probably really going to enjoy cooking waffles on a waffle bar for the kids when they wake up in the morning after they're exhausted from jumping from bed to bed. So um the laser tag stuff sounds really cool though. I feel like I want to buy that house. <laughs> uh, that's uh that was an expensive home over in reunion. Yeah. So we've got some nutso properties here though. But I my big thing is I don't think you can do too much um on the larger homes. I mean you've got a larger space you're able to be more creative. I do encourage doing more on larger properties. Um just because I I mean you've got a whole family coming there for an experience. You really really want to make it as special as you can. Yeah, and and I looked at it like this is I'm about the long, you know, the long game here. I'm not going right. to do this and jump out. I've been an Airbnb super host since 2015. And so I'm like I'm going to treat this thing like if my kid was going there, what would I do to make sure that they enjoyed? And, you know, I think I've went over budget in some areas, but that's okay. It still puts you in a different class because I think right now I've been in the business long enough in 20, 2015, when I first got started, you could rent anything. And now, like, I think the middle gets killed a little bit. I think the small trailers that deliver that awesome batter do well, right? Because <laughs> they're kind of unique. And then the monster 4,000, 5,000 square foot homes that can bring in two families that come from, you know, probably, you know, they don't want to spend a thousand bucks a night, but that gets a lot easier if they can bring two families. Now you're catering to a whole different crowd where maybe a fear of a recession or something doesn't bother those people as much. And so like, that's what I'm doing. I got those small ones, but I feel like the you know, the stuff in the middle of my, and my personal belief is kind of what's getting hurt a little bit, but I've had a lot of success in, in the bigger properties that kind of cater to two families. So wonderful. Yep. Listen, you're a good manager. If you give a crap, you pay attention, you'll do well. So, um, I want to thank you guys for being here. Fantastic. Uh, great stuff. Uh, and, uh, and on behalf of Orlando and the short-term shop and the short-term show, Wade, Holly, Drew, and uh, and myself, uh, thank you. Thank you for being here, and uh, we'll catch you on uh, episode nine. Been a blast. Thank you.